going on Kimfo? Welcome back, welcome back. Key to the City Podcast. I appreciate y'all joining me. It's your Kimfo, Yoni, Keone, whatever you want to call me. Thank y'all for continuing to support the podcast. Like and share and comment, whatever you've been doing, we sure enough appreciate it, man. And uh, we're just going to try to keep bringing you quality content and quality guests. I want to thank my last guest on episode 25. We had Miss Meredith Ward on here with us. She's a career strategist out of Dallas, Texas. She dropped a lot of gems on us, so uh, we want to salute that queen. Y'all go out there and support In Charge Career Consultant. Might get you a job or something. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, we've been, we're in some unprecedented times right now. I've been trying to bring y'all a few more political guests and uh, community activists, things of that nature, because we need to hear their voices right now. Uh, we've had Congressman Mike Espy in the past. We've had Hines County Election Commissioner Tony Johnson as well as Hines County Circuit Clerk Zach Wallace uh, come through and drop some gems on them. And today is going to be no different. Uh, we're still battling police brutality. We're going through unemployment. we got the pandemic going on in the midst of an upcoming election. So it's a lot going on. we got a lot to unravel. And uh, today we'll be speaking with uh, Miss Elitra Perryman. That's right. She is the state conference planning chair for the Mississippi NAACP. And a graduate of USM, uh, we'll be discussing a series of events that begin today at 6.30 p.m., uh, scheduled to broadcast on the Facebook pages of One Voice and uh, Mississippi NAACP. The broadcast will feature Black men, Black women, and Black youth speaking on the state of current affairs and the issues affecting our community. So we'll be asking Ms. Perryman about those events and uh, find out a little bit more about us. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the city. Miss Elytra Perryman, how you doing, Queen? I'm doing good. How you doing? Thank you so much for having me. No problem at all. Thank you for joining us. And uh, I'm blessed and highly favored. I can't complain. How your day been? <laughs> it's been a rough day, but it's a good day. Okay. And uh, we're going to pause one second. I think we got Mr. Taylor joining us. Yes. Okay. Let's see here. Hey, how you doing? How you doing, Mr. Taylor? Pretty good. Good to be here. Yes, sir. I got to uh, rewind it back because I need to give you your proper introduction as well. Um, but I want to thank you for joining us, taking time out your busy schedule. Now, Mr. Charles Taylor is uh, the PAC uh, co-chair for the uh, Mississippi NAACP Civic Engagement Consultant for One Voice and a graduate of, of Morehouse College. He's a Morehouse man. Uh, so we're going to have him joining Miss Perryman today. And uh, Mr. Taylor, I just introduced Miss Perryman and welcome her to the show. How's your day going today, sir? Pretty good. You know, busy election season, uh, but right. exciting as always. Right. Well, we appreciate you taking time out of your day and uh, joining the Key to the City podcast so we can educate uh, some of our audience about the things that One Voice and Mississippi NAACP has going on. Uh, well, first, I just want to get a little background from each of you. This question is for both of you. Uh, what inspired you to pursue uh, this type of career, a career of service, a career of educating the public about our rights and things like that? So um, 
I'm a Mississippi native. I grew up here on the Gulf Coast in Biloxi, and I grew up with grandparents who were actively involved in the civil rights struggle. Um, so I saw firsthand what what type of what type of advocacy was needed to make our community equitable and just. Mm-hmm. And you, Mr. Taylor. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, like Alicia, grew up here in Mississippi, grew up in Jackson, uh, families from the Delta, you know, got deep, deep Mississippi roots. Uh, you know, I, 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 I guess I do what I do because it's important. I want to see our people prosper. I want to see us flourish. You know, I have, I have a young daughter. I want her to know that she can achieve and accomplish anything she wants to. Um, as as a as she's growing uh, as a beautiful young black woman, and I want I want all black women in Mississippi and all black men in Mississippi, young and old, to feel that same way and to know that the sky's the limit. And so, you know, it's just a blessing that we are able to to try to serve, I guess, as as folks to try to uh, remove those hurdles as much as possible. Right. And you know, one great way to do it is engaging at the ballot box. So, you know, uh, it's, it's great and it's exciting and, and always happy to share. Thank you. And uh, before we actually get into the specific events that we have starting today, uh, I'm glad you mentioned the ballot box. I want to ask the both of you personally, do you believe that voting is still uh, an effective way to create change here in America? Oh, yes. Um, I I sometimes think we don't understand the true power of our vote. Um, voting can still lead to great things, and and you should vote on everything: national elections, state elections. Here in Mississippi, we have elections every year, and voting on those local elections. Sometimes a local election is decided by just three hundred people. Um, So voting for your district attorney, voting for your sheriff, those are the folks who have the the first encounter with someone to decide how their lives could change or or how to make improvements. So voting is critical and we can't think that it's not. It's too important to forget. And, and, and I would just add, um, as Alicia mean, mentioned, voting is extremely important. It is, uh, I would say, the foundation of our democracy, the foundation of our our our, our civilized um, our civilized uh, society. And so, you know, when when you look at being a Mississippian or American, every single thing, every decision is made ties to who was in office, who has power. And so voting is really about um, looking at who has power. And I, and, and so we want to have, we need power. And so, you know, I'm, I'm simply defining power as the ability to make a decision. That's what I try to tell uh, some of my peers and those in my demographic that, you know, they want to state that, well, my vote doesn't matter. It's going to be the same old thing. It's always been. Uh, but I try to express to them that that's that's the system that we have in place in this country and that decides uh, important things in our community. And if it wasn't important, they wouldn't try so hard to disenfranchise you from voting and, you know, pull out all the metrics to try to keep you from voting. So hopefully that'll ring bells and especially during this time. And, uh, 
I'm glad that you all, your organizations have the events coming up featuring black men, women, and youth speaking on the state of current affairs and the issues affecting our community. Uh, before we delve specifically into those events, um, what do you see as some of those uh, issues that are impacting us in a negative manner right now uh, that we should be aware of and possibly find solutions to? Charles, do you I, want to start? I, 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 <laughs> I mean, how, how much time do we have? Uh, but, <laughs> but, but you know, uh, I mean, some of the hotbed issues, they, these have been issues that folks have been fighting for years. You know, we're right. talking about police brutality. There's nothing new about it. You know, uh, even even hell, even before slavery, um, they were there were, you know, entities who are or I guess we'll say authority figures that were allowed to you know abuse their powers. And so, you know, um, we have great policemen in Jackson. We have, you know, great policemen in Mississippi. Uh, but, you know, there is there can be an element of abuse of power sometimes. And, you know, you want to always have check and balances with that. That's why going back ties to to voting. You know, one thing I'll say really quickly is thinking about uh, Sheriff, Sheriff Vance, who, who former Chief Vance, you know, had a press conference uh, I think right after Mike Brown passed away and just wanted to say, basically, I want to let you all know that Black Lives Matter. And this was the police chief of Jackson saying that unwarrantedly. And and really, the, but, you know, you ask yourself, how could we get there? How could we have a, a chief who really understands? And, and it's not just because he was black. It's because you had black folks in Mississippi who recognized that their, their, uh, power at the ballot box could lead to them picking their elected officials. Those elected officials would lead to, you know, appointing folks for the police chief, et cetera, and making sure, you know, or even like electing a, uh, being able to elect the sheriff that we want in our, in our County. And so, uh, you know, that's a big issue. Uh, education in Mississippi has grossly underfunded every single year. You know, honestly, when we talk about educational issues in Mississippi, a lot of it ties to funding. You know, not to go too deep with it, but basically the state of Mississippi says that a child needs X amount of dollars in order to be educated just at a C school level. And most of the most of the schools in Mississippi, you know, are not able to provide half of what they're saying that the child needs just to be at a C. And that's because the state is underfunding them. And then you and then you ask yourself, why do we have failing schools? Well, we have failing schools because we're not investing in them. Once again, this is a ballot box issue. Our legislators decide how much funding goes into Mississippi. You know, uh, years ago, we had the initiative on the ballot to fully fund education, make it a fundamental right in Mississippi. That was at the ballot box. And these decisions are being made. You know, think about criminal justice reform. Um, you think about uh, climate change. You think about COVID, especially like all the things that's happening with folks' lives and, and, and being turned upside down and, and, and you know, we really are experiencing this, this uh, collective trauma. And I, and I would end with, at the end of the day, the relief for that is going to happen one way or another in November. And so um, just thinking about those issues, the reason why we wanted to have our series of events and have a series of conversations via virtual, and, and, and honestly, it's been a situation where because it's virtual, we've been able to have a broader audience speak to people and connect. You know, there is the level of ease of just a click away. But saying all that to say, 
these are the most important issues of our times. They're the most important issues of past time. And they're going to be the most important issues of the future. And ultimately, the pressure point in this movement for justice is always going to be the election cycle being at the ballot box and making sure that folks exercise their right and exercise their power to vote. So I agree with everything Charles said. Um, in recent, like the past six, seven months, um, we as a community have been under tremendous mental strain. Um, COVID affects people of color more drastically than it affects anyone else. So, you know, we're worried about ourselves, our loved ones, the older people in our family, our children. When it comes to virtual learning, that has been a struggle for most parents. Um, but it especially affects children of color, the access to the technology, understanding the whole virtual process has been a challenge. So we understand that people are, are, are exhausted and we want to give them some type of way to know that we hear you, we see you, you still matter to us, and we want to talk about things that affect you every day. Yes, Lord, we need it. I'm thankful you all are stepping up. <laughs> uh, the Black Voices event, the virtual events, um, tell us more about uh, each event. When does it start? How long is it lasting? What can we expect? So Black Voices starts tonight at 6.30. It's tonight, tomorrow night, and Thursday night at 6.30 on Facebook Live. And there's one, tonight starts starts with Black Voices for Men, and men talking with other men about issues. Um, I wasn't in the man's conversation, so Charles might be able to tell you a little bit more about that. Okay. And tomorrow night will be the women, and then Thursday night will be the youth. So, Mr. Taylor, break down uh, what we'll be expecting as far as the men to hit on. Uh, that's that one's starting tonight, correct? Yeah, I, I think that that you know you're gonna they're gonna hit on a variety of topics, and uh, you know basically some of the things we talked about today, but just really from the perspective of a black man and living in Mississippi. So we're gonna talk about you know public policy. We'll talk about these different issues and elements. But then the thing that I always have appreciated about the NAACP. And also one voice is that, you know, we believe in two things. One, having a community centric model. So to make sure that the community is the ones who's speaking, that the community is always centered. And then secondly, you know, uh, thinking about solutions, because ultimately we all know the problems. We have talked about the problems at nauseum. And don't get me wrong, I think we should continue to talk about the problems. But we have to, you know, uh, while we're talking about the problems, uh, weave in a conversation about solutions, you know. And we do need to, we do need to know the beast, but we also gotta uh, we also gotta um, uh, attack it as, as well. And so, you know, as we're talking about black voices speak, what you will hear is black voices speak about how can we actually change and, and create the Mississippi that we all want to live in. Now, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but NAACP was established early 1900s, correct? Um, correct. Here we are in 2020, um, and I just want to be as blunt as possible. Do you all think we'll see any type of change or progress in our lifetime, or are we building, creating the building blocks for the next generation? So I, I believe we'll, 
I think we're going to see change in our lifetime and we're building blocks for the next generation. Um, we've seen change in our lifetime. This has been a pretty dark year, but we, we've had some, some wins and we will have wins again. Yeah. And, and, and I would add, you know, a couple of things like our national president, Derek Johnson, uh, uh, put so eloquently when we fight, we win. And so the times the black folks have fought and we fought hard. We have won those battles. And we also got to know what progress looks like, you know, in, in order for us to 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 be able to say, hey, we're moving forward. What does it look like? We have to have an assessment for, it. you know, you were talking about I was you know, I started earlier on talking about uh Sheriff Vance, former Chief Vance, and how um, how how having him, and you know, and it's less about him, but more of more about being able to elect a person that 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 was going to represent the people. So you know, when you're thinking about that, um, Mississippi has more black elected officials than any other state in, in the country. You know, um, wow. we have, and, and and that's categorically true. Uh, that you know, if you look at it, our, our, our legislators, our mayors, our sheriffs, our uh, city councilmen and women, aldermen and women, um, election commissioners, uh, so supervisors you name it, there's over a thousand black elected officials that reside in the state of Mississippi. And a lot of times, you know, we, we may take that for granted or we may not think about it in that context because it just seems so normal, but that wasn't always the case to seem normal. It wasn't always the case that, you know, growing up when I got pulled over by the police in Jackson, the first question they asked me uh, was, was, how are you doing in school? Mm. Or, or even jokingly, a couple of times, boy, you need to stop speeding. I'm not going to give you a ticket because I know your mama going to have to pay it. You know, right, that, right, right, right. You know, that kind of thing. Saying, okay, you're 17, you're 18. What's the point? Because I don't want to put a burden on this black woman or this black man because this child is out here, you know, get first car acting silly. And they humanized me. They saw me as their son, their, ne their nephew. Um, you know, they saw me as their brother, cousin, et cetera. But saying all that to say, that's progress. Um, even if we look, when you look at law enforcement in Mississippi, we have more black law enforcement than any other, any other state. Um, but with all that being said, Progress has happened and progress is going to continue to happen. And don't get me wrong. You know, there are days where we all probably want, want to cry about how painful things are. To be honest with you, uh, sometimes for me, Election Day starts off feeling like Christmas. And at the end of the day, it starts in Mississippi can feel like the worst day I've ever experienced. <laughs> it's, like, it's almost like, you know, it's Christmas with no, with no, with no toys under the tree. Uh, but with all that being said, that that we look and then when we look deeper, we realize that if we peel back those layers, we end up in every single election cycle, we end up electing more black folks and black folks who are sensitive to these things, black folks who, who respect, you know, Fannie Lou Hamer and, and Mega Evers and many others who came before them. But saying all that to say it's happening and it's going to continue to happen. And, you know, we're going to continue to fight and we're going to continue to win. I appreciate that optimistic view. Uh, Cause it's easy to see things uh, with a negative lens right now. And uh, sometimes it gets me down, but I'm glad you put it into that perspective. It kind of brings it full circle. Um, uh, just a couple more questions. Key to the city podcast. We have Mr. Leitra Perryman and Mr. Charles Taylor. Miss um, Perryman, what are some of the voting resources that uninformed voters should be aware of 
as we neared the election time. Um, so one voice you should go to their Facebook page. They have a lot of material that you can read, but you need to make yourself familiar with the ballot. The ballot, depending on where you where you live, is pretty long, so you need to flip over on the ballot. Um, there's some initiatives on the ballot about marijuana. There's another initiative about the flag, and depending where you are, your ballot may be front and back two pages. So take some time, do a little research, Flip the paper over, ask some questions. I saw your finger, Charles. Oh, so I was, I was talking to somebody else. Oh, <laughs> but go ahead, jump in. Oh, no, no, no. Well. And uh, we also, in addition to the virtual events that's ha happening, uh, we also have the, uh, is it the gathering of leaders events that's coming up? soon as well as the uh NAACP convention yes. that's gonna look different this year as well yes so the the Mississippi Black Leadership Summit which is a gathering of leaders will happen on October 30th um it is virtual all of our events are virtual this year because we want people to stay safe um we just don't know what's going on with this virus and we don't want to put anyone in harm's way Typically, these events would be in person with, you know, a meal and fellowship, but we're doing things virtually and we've condensed the schedules a little bit. So for the convention, the state convention will be November 12th through 14th, and we have a dynamic lineup of workshops, um, a celebration of women, economic security, the youth in college will have a town hall we will also have workshops on criminal justice, civic engagement, education, and health. And all of these workshops are designed so that people can go back to their neighborhoods and become advocates for their community. So you get the tools and resources you need at the convention to go back into your own community and be that difference that you want to see in your community. Preach. Each one, teach one. That's right. Y'all uh, make sure y'all stay informed. Go visit the pages of Mississippi NAACP as well as uh, One Voice. Find out what's going on, the events. Make sure you stay abreast of all information going out there, going on out there, uh, so you can make an informative decision this November, and uh, we can create some change in our community. Uh, I definitely appreciate you, Mr. Taylor and Miss Perryman, for stopping through Key to the City today. Uh, any last words for our audience? How can they reach out? How can they contact? Anything like that? So I'm going to let Charles go first. Oh, yeah, I just wanted to reiterate something. And those, those, those ballot initiatives, it is so important. Those three. So, you know, real quick, real quick you have uh, Initiative 65. And so, you know, that is to allow for... Uh, the, the use of medical marijuana. Now, the legislators did this trick and they've done this trick before with Initiative 42. And what they're hoping to do is is to confuse the electorate. I was going to so say that. You, and, I, and I'll say this. So first, you have to cho choose whether or not you want to change the Constitution. Then you have to vote for Initiative 60, 65, which is a citizen-driven amendment, or 65A. So, you know, uh, not endorsing anything because we're C3 organizations, but just giving instructions. If folks wanted to vote for 65, the way the way that they would do it is that first they would say, yes, they're going to approve, change the Constitution. Then they would vote for 65. 
I said not endorsing it, just giving instructions because I think that uh, I think that is is, is completely awful, disrespectful to our democracy, disrespectful to our republic. When the legislators create these alternatives, and when after um, citizens you know, have to collect hundreds of thousands of signatures in order to put a ballot on there, I think that it dilutes it. And I think is I think it's ultimately utterly disrespectful as they do it, and they have done this before. With initiative, uh, uh, initiative forty-two, with education ballot initiative, we had in fifteen. I think, I think it's something that should, shouldn't even happen. That's just my personal opinion about that. Um, in terms of them being able to create a legislative alternative. Secondly, you have the flag. So the flag is on that new design. You know, I, I, I can tell you this. I, I condemn the Confederate flag. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it's a sign of of, of of hatred for a lot of my people. You know, I've I've seen I've seen how my father would react to seeing it, and it was almost like, you know, he would he would be, or my mother, and they would be reminded of their days at Ole Miss or in the late sixties, early seventies. Um, and and, it, and it, I mean, it would they would almost get sick to their stomach, and so I'm glad that Mississippi finally moved in the right direction to to unify our state under under a new. Uh, taking that flag down and then take steps to vote for a new flag. So, you know, if you are just instructional again, if you are supportive of the new flag, then you would just vote for that. Uh, the last initiative I would say is really important. And that is, I, I would almost call it get the one of the last um, um, things about Jim Crow that we need to get rid of. And that is, the, the electoral college in Mississippi as it relates to a government. So uh, give you an example. If you, so right now in Mississippi, in order to be governor, you have to win the popular vote and you also have to win the majority of the house seats. Well, we know that Mississippi house, house is extremely gerrymandered. It has been done so by the Republicans. You know, just giving information. This is this is these are factual things, not endorsing anything. But since that is the case, let's say you had an African American gentleman like Mike Espy or like uh, Congressman Thompson who would want to run for governor, even if they won the popular vote, it is unlikely that or less likely that they would also win the vote in those house districts, and that's the way. Of, of allowing for gerrymandering to, I mean, allowing for Jim Crow to still exist. And so with that being said, it would then go to the House of Representatives, which is gerrymandered by the Republicans. You can imagine who they would pick as, a, as our government in those instances. So, you know, what's on the ballot this year, and I'm happy that it is, is to do away with the, 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 um, do away with the requirement that you have to have House districts, and it'll go strictly to a popular vote. And 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 honestly, having a popular vote speaks to the purity of our democracy and 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 the purity of, of being at the ballot box and letting the citizens of Mississippi decide who they want their governor to be. So, if you are for allowing for Mississippians to choose their governor and not our gerrymandered legislators in, in certain possibilities, then you would vote for for the change or the vote for the removal. Of that that uh, amendment, me that in it, the uh, language that has to be all the house districts on that amendment. Wow, man, you just schooled me. I just got an education <laughs> in about five minutes, man. A political education. <laughs> I appreciate that. All my audience, y'all need to be aware of everything this man just said. So not only will you see 
this program today, but I will repost it, reshare it uh, at least a week before the election, uh, just to remind you and keep it at the forefront of your mind. And they're unable to endorse anything, but I'm going to endorse it. Vote 65 and vote uh, <laughs> to allow Mississippians to choose a governor. You dig that? Uh, man, I appreciate y'all, man. Black King, Black Queen for dropping this knowledge on us. Uh, I'm sure my audience will use it. And uh, I'm glad that you all, we have you all to look up to to help create change within our community. And I salute you. Continue to do your thing and continue to push forward and continue to create change for the culture. Uh, any last words? Go vote. Go vote. Join vote. us on Facebook. Get involved. Let's do it. Let's create yeah. some impact. Key to the City Podcast. I'm your host, Keone G. She is the queen of Leecher Perryman. He is the King Charles Taylor. We are out of here. Peace and blessings. Everybody have a good day. Thank y'all. Thank, Thank you. you. I right, have a good one. You too.